and welcome to the Frame Friends Podcast. This is your host, Elliot Frey, coming to you from Des Moines with Episode 7, my interview with my good friend Bill Cross. We just got done with the interview, and it was an absolute delight just to be able to catch back up with Bill after several months of not being able to see each other. Bill and I actually used to see each other just about every morning as I would pull into the parking ramp at work at Principal, and obviously with COVID and the impact that it's had, I just don't get to see Bill nearly as much. So a great discussion, wonderful to be able to catch up with Bill. He's a funny guy, and I just really enjoyed getting to know him a little bit better. So I hope you enjoy. Well, hello, everybody. I'm here today with my friend, Bill Cross. Bill, hello. Thank you for joining me. Hello. I'm glad you're here, man. I feel like it's been, first of all, it's been way too long since we've had a chance to connect, but uh, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. So Bill, uh, you and I know each other from work. Uh, I I get to see every morning and that's just not happening anymore, which is a bummer. If you show up on time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's so true. I would miss you if I was dragging behind. You always knew if I was dragging behind. Yep. Oh man, that's so funny that you uh, you remember that. Because eight o'clock was it that you would uh, you'd leave the parking booth and head head to your eight, next assignment? Eight thirty, I think. Eight thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah, then I was really late. That's that's trouble. Uh, if my if my boss is listening, hopefully uh, hopefully he didn't hear that. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> that's You've been awesome. working from home, so you know. Yeah, that's right. No, that's great. Well, I'm sure sure glad you're here, Bill. And uh, it's it's been too long. I've missed seeing you each morning and been able to connect, but. I obviously feel like I've gotten to know you, um, at least during our time when that was happening. Uh, but I do know that a lot of the folks that will be listening to this have, have either uh, just briefly met you, whether it's some principal folks that maybe will recognize your voice as they hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of our listeners probably have not met you. So I'm curious if you can just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I was born, uh, I'm actually the oldest uh, interviewee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm 69 years old. Yep. Uh, I was born here in Des Moines, uh, graduated from Lincoln High School in 1970. Uh, Go Rail Splitters. I have three sons, uh, three granddaughters, and uh, well, unfortunately they all live out of state so I don't get to see them as often as I'd like, but uh, we do FaceTime and Skype so we were right. able to communicate that way. So, yeah, which is great. And what do you do at principal? I'm a security guard. I semi-retired. Um, I worked there full time for about three years, and uh, I've been semi-retired for three years. Uh, actually, I worked in security for about almost be ten years in May. Yep. So I originally started out at Microsoft uh, Data Center when they were building the first data center out by Boonville, and so um, I, in between the second, second and third phases, I they sent me down to principal to during the summer until they got the next phase up. So uh, that's when I started working there. And so then a year later, um, they brought me back down. So yeah, I've been in there since about six years. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Well, principal is lucky to have you. I, I would say that you're one of principal's most valued employees, Bill. It's been pretty, pretty great to get to know you. But uh, I might be giving away a little bit of the secret, but how the heck do we know each other? Can you share a little bit about how we met and maybe what you recall about that? Yeah, we were, we actually met. Um, you pulled into the parking ramp, and uh, that was after I was actually semi-retired, and uh, I'd been working construction. They'd been remodeling the, the buildings, and so I was actually working the construction uh, uh, entrances to find in the uh, construction workers. Mm-hmm. And after the corporate two uh, was completed, I decided to. Uh, I'd swallowed enough dust that I decided to uh, uh, graduate to uh, parking ramps. Yep. And so I would, I was working a split shift. I was going in the morning and work opening up uh, uh, ramp one woodland entrance, and that's where I would met. I met you. Um, what actually caught my eye as far as uh, <laughs> you and I getting to, to know each other was your license plate was an Iowa State. Plate, yes, it was. But it says Cubs won. That's right. <laughs> and being a Cardinal fan like I am, I had to give you a bad time. Yep. And that's how we've had the interaction. <laughs> yeah. In both ways, so. Absolutely. But it's been really good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really funny. I uh, kind of forgot about the Cubs won part because I, I had to think back a little bit. Why was it that 
Bill was so nice to me. And uh, especially now I wonder that given the, the Cubs piece of that, but Bill, you've always been pretty darn kind to me. I, I would say that uh, you're a great way to start each day. And I just told Kelly, as we were waiting for you to get over here today, I said, you know, I'm so glad we're going to see Bill, but I still wish I saw him five days a week to start the day each day. Well, and then there was another point that uh, your first name, when you told me your name was Elliot, it brought back memories of the movie E.T. Oh, yeah. And so there was one morning when I gave you a, a bag of Reese's Pieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. So. Yeah. I, and that was in the movie E.T. And that's actually how they got popular was with that movie. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> how funny is that? Yeah, no, I totally remember that. Bill is, uh, and we'll get into this a little bit uh, here, here in a moment, but Bill's a gift giver. And... Uh, I'll tell you what, we kind of got into a fun little back and forth exchange every once in a while. You were usually the giver and I was the the lucky recipient most of the time. I, I should have been better about being the giver, but I would show up and you'd have something waiting for me, something fun. And uh, I think we exchanged tea and coffee at one point yep. and it, we just had some fun with it. Yep. You know, Bill, I, I think I've told you this, but my least favorite part of every morning was when the next car would pull up behind me and make me go through the gate. I always felt like, no, we still got to wrap up our conversation. We didn't have enough quality time together. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Bill, I, uh, I, I've got something I want to share that I've noticed about you in a minute, but before we get there, just to help our audience get to know you a little bit better, I'd like to ask you a few questions, if that'd be okay. Some sure. rapid fire, fun ones. Sure. Uh, and we got to talking about this one a little bit before we got started, but I want to know what your first car was, but I also want to know what your first brand new car was because we did say that there's a distinction there, and uh, I'm excited to hear what both of those were. I had a 1964 Chevy 2 uh, four-door, and uh, after I, when I decided to get rid of it, um, I was using more oil than uh, oil per gallon, rather oil per miles rather than gas per, per mile. So. <laughs> Uh, that's when I decided to get rid of it. Yeah. There was another situation where I had bought a cassette tape player that I put under the dash. And when I decided to get rid of the car, I took that tape player out. Well, some thieves didn't realize that and they broke my wing window and rolled the car down the end of the bottom of the street to steal the tape player. And it was already taken out. Oh, funny. So the joke was on them. Yeah, that's right. Except I had to replace the wing window. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So that was your first, very first car. Right. What was the very first new car that you bought? Your first car purchase of a brand new vehicle? My first car was a 1972 Chevy Nova, Chevy Nova Super Sport. Uh, that just sounds cool. Like, I'm not was. a car guy, so I can't picture that, but that just sounds cool. I, my, my friend Tyler, who you've heard a little bit about on the podcast, mm -hmm. He's the guy that got me in all that trouble with the remodeling the bathroom, you know, which is why you and I had to reschedule. But uh, no, I'm just, again, Tyler, I'm just joking. But uh, Tyler is a car guy. So I have a feeling when Tyler listens to this, he'll know exactly what you're talking about. But I'm not that type of guy. Like, I have no idea what vehicle. I just know that it sounds cool. It was a nice looking car. Yeah. It sounds fast. Well, I, I had a turbo hydromatic, so I didn't 350. Uh, there was another guy that, on the south side. They had one just like mine, but he had a, a four barrel and a, it was four on the floor and with big tires. So uh, he went a lot faster than I did. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, good stuff. Okay, so we've covered your first car. How about your favorite local restaurant? I think I might know the answer to this, but I'm curious if, I, if I'm if i fooled. Actually, it's Baradas. Oh, yeah. On the south side. Uh, the reason that is is because I knew it as a grocery store. Uh, I had a paper route from 1964 to 1969. And my last stop on my paper route was a grocery store. Oh, funny. So I guess where I got all my candy. Yeah, yeah, Baratas. That's, that's where I spent the, my profits. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you head home having spent all your money. That's good, I love it. But actually, uh, actually, uh, that paper route actually bought, helped me buy my first car, so. Oh, there you uh, go. I had a savings account called a bond that I would, so much money would go into a savings account. Uh, so when I retired from being a paper boy, uh, that was the down payment for my first car. That's awesome. I love it. So burratas, that's good. What was your favorite meal at burratas? Did you have a, a go-to meal or anything? Probably lasagna. Yeah, that sounds good. Good stuff. I thought you were going to say Noah's Ark. I've only been there once. Okay. Well, I've actually been there twice. The re most recent time I went there was 
just because it was special. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I thought that was overpriced. So yeah, yeah. For, for a rigatoni dinner for $22, I didn't think that was worth it. Yeah. As far as I was concerned, so. Yeah. So that's, that's just my own, own opinion. Yeah, for sure. I, hey. I, it's a good restaurant. It's been around a long time. Uh, the original owner was Noah Lacona, uh, and he was, grew up on the south side. And a lot of my grand, my, a lot of my aunts and uncles uh, grew up with him because he showed up with at some of my aunts and uncles' funerals. So. Oh, okay. I know, I know the Lacona name. I know the Mama Lacona's restaurant, and we mm -hmm. we knew that family. And I, I I'm not sure if it's the same family or not. Uh, but. I think I'm sure they're related. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what's your your go to snack? And I I should know this because I feel like you would have been sitting in the in the booth at uh, at the ramp, you know, with your mm -hmm. snack at some point. But I don't know that I do. What's your go to snack? I, I like Twizzlers. Oh yeah. I'm a red licorice fan. Okay, so the regular original, nothing fancy, no cherry, just the regular old Twizzler. Uh, I like the ones that are individually wrapped. I get a box of them, uh, put them by my chair, and uh, sometimes I'll be able to take them to work and if somebody. Was looking for a snack. I had one the pre-wrapped and all that. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Love it. Uh, okay, tell me this. I'm curious. I'm really curious to answer this. So you're semi-retired, but you envision for a moment you're fully retired. You have no other responsibilities. What's your dream retirement activity? Probably traveling. Yep. Um, in state. Uh, I have a new lady friend that wants to travel. Yeah. And she's fully retired from. Uh, Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah. And so uh, she wants to travel. She has a little dog and wants to travel with. So There you go. Yep. Yeah. So that's my goal is to, we just started going together uh, actually two months ago. Okay. And uh, we've seen each other three times and uh, we talked on the phone quite a bit. Yeah. So a, a little bit of traveling. I love it. And, and she's a, uh, She's actually robbing the cradle because she's four years older than I am. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Hey, so. you're the youngin. I love it. That's great. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Um, probably traffic. Yep. I mean, it's not a lot where people drive too fast. Um, I'm unfortunately one of those people that uh, drives on the highway. I'll drive five five miles under. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm more of a gas saver than a Ask Guzzler. There you go. My kids are just the opposite. They'll go five or ten over. So. Oh, they'll make up for you. Yeah. That's so fine. They'll learn eventually. So. That's awesome. I love it. Traffic. Uh, last question. I'm not sure if you're ready for this one. You ready for this one? Yeah. Who's your favorite Cubs player? <laughs> you yeah. don't actually have to answer that. I. <laughs> David Ross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Rossi. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he so if you a, he was a good catcher. That's so, right, and he's a good good manager too. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I'm guessing you just caught a few moments ago when Bill shared that he's definitely not a Cubs fan, but he is a Cardinals fan. So we have some fun banter back and forth about the Cubs and Cards, and yep. uh, you know, we've honestly we've been able to relish in one another's misery a little bit the last couple of years. Yeah. We haven't. Neither of us have really made it to where we want to be. So no. hopefully that can change at least at some point. At least we got Aaron out on that. Got an Arenado now, so that's right. Yeah, yeah, they're starting to they're making more moves than the Cubs are. I know that much. I, I just wish the Cubs would would uh, trade for uh, Matt Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want him. Bill. <laughs> that would be a benefit. That would be a plus for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I don't think he has a home right now. That's right. Yeah, that's one of those where you take him and we don't want anything back. Yeah, he, he could be the Lou Brock. There you go. There you go. I love it. Well, good stuff, Bill. So here's what uh, I, I told you. I wanted to tell you something I've noticed about you. I think uh, so. Obviously, I've done this segment for every interview that I've done, and I had I had a good time thinking about. I mean, I, I've noticed a lot about you, Bill. So here's the thing: when you meet somebody by pulling into the parking ramp every day and saying hello, good morning, you, you kind of inherently have to notice some stuff, right? And you got to do that intentionally. But there are some things that I noticed about you. But I think the the biggest thing that I've noticed about you, Bill. And I told Kelly this earlier. She, I got her sign off and approval. She's good on this. I said, Bill's the friendliest face that I've ever been able to see to start each day. You're just a welcoming guy and uh, you make a difference in someone's day every single day. And I think more than just one person, a lot of people. But I'm just curious if you can tell me why that is and, and what drives that. Um, one thing I, growing up, 
I was very shy. I, uh, I, I never dated in high school. Uh, in fact, I tell the story now that uh, the, uh, I did go to the prom. I did take a girl to the prom, but uh, I had my brother ask the girl if she would go with me first because I was afraid I'd be rejected. Yeah. So um, I've kind of broke out my mold. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, and uh, so I just like to make people happy. Uh, a lot of times people don't like to be told good morning sometimes. Um, or if they, you know, they're in a grumpy voice or grumpy mood, I try to change that. Totally. Well, I, I would just tell you that you, you helped me do that every day. So I, I uh, not every day starts, you know, with roses and all the all the good stuff, right? I mean, I, I remember um, pretty vividly, actually, there were plenty of days where I wasn't, you know, I, I just was dragging a little bit, right? Either running behind or feeling tired or whatever it was. And every time I turned on, I think you said Woodland is the, mm -hmm. is the street there. Every time I turned on to Woodland, it would occur to me each time that I'm about to see Bill, right? So whether I'm in a good mood or not, I'm going to get to that gate and I'm going to end up in a, at least a semi good mood because Bill's going to help me get a lot closer. And I, I can't help but to think that a lot of people have felt that way over the years pulling into that ramp. Well, I've seen people sit while I was sitting at the ramp waiting for people to come in. I've seen road rage right out on the street in front of me. You know, people uh, get out of their car, yell at the car vehicle behind them, you know. Uh, I would never do a thing like that. Yeah, not any good. You don't want no. to start the day that way. No. Well, you're a pretty positive influence to help maybe divert some of that uh, negative emotion so, to mm -hmm. uh, something positive to start the day. So I love it. Uh, so one thing, and I'm just curious, you know, for me, right, I, and I've told you this, for me, my, and I'm very fortunate that this is the case, right? I know a lot of people, and I, I want to make this very clear, I know a lot of people's 2020s have been really hard for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Kelly and I have been very blessed. We've been super healthy. Uh, haven't, you know, families have been healthy for the most part. I mean, there's really, we've, we've not experienced a lot of what the world's experienced, mm -hmm. but I would, because of that legitimately, Bill, and I mean this, one of the saddest things about this year from this last 2020 year for me, working from home, you, you kind of became numb to that situation, right? Whether you wanted to or not, it was just the reality. Uh, but the thing that I never got used to and the thing that I missed dearly was truly the drive into work every day because you you know, you turn on some music or just, just start your day the right way. Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots of different ways that I'd spend my you know short five minute commute into work. Um, but I really miss just pulling in and, and being able to see my friend Bill as, as I came into the garage. I really genuinely miss that. But then I got to thinking, I wonder if Bill felt the same way because all of a sudden your job went from every morning, you got to start your day that way too, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then that changed. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that transition in 2020 for you and how you've experienced that. Well, basically the ramps were shut down. Uh, fortunately, the principal has been very good to us. Uh, my boss uh, has been, we've been the two way street. Yep. Uh, you're loyal to your boss, to the people you work with, and they'll be loyal to you. Um, they've been able to keep us on. We've actually cre created a position for me and my coworker that uh, I work a second shift at, at I would work at the, at the ramp you went to, and then two or three days a week, but then I worked five days a week at uh, the park and ride ramp. Oh yeah. And uh, I would work the afternoon shift and so uh, I get off like at four thirty. So yep. Um, but that, so we've been we've been hibernating over in Corp Five. Uh, we do like a fire watch. We would walk through the building uh, once an hour, which would usually take fifteen minutes. And uh, so, uh, but then we've also been doing. They did some construction work over in Corp One for like two or three months that we, or three or four months that um, we worked there for during that time. And then they were remodeling Corp 3 Century building. And uh, that's where I've been for the last two months. So, so kind of on the move, the yeah. nomad, you're uh, you're going from one place to the next. So, yeah. but how about the, the piece about just, because I'd imagine you're seeing a lot less people, right? Right. Um, has that been hard for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, not seeing as many people, 
Uh, traffic has not been bad, you know, yeah. as far as uh, on the highways. Uh, I live in Pleasant Hill, so it takes about 20 minutes to come to work. But uh, it, sometimes I always show up early. I'd rather show up early than show up late, so. Totally. Um, but just seeing the people um, interacting with coworkers, uh, even just for a few minutes, just to say hi. Totally. And, uh, and miss, not missing the people of Princeville. It makes, uh, makes your day go a lot better if, if you're seeing, interacting with the same faces all the time, so. For sure, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I'd imagine that'd be a tough change in that in that role, right? And yeah, you know, just like working from home permanently, you kind of mm-hmm. get used to it and it become you kind of become numb to it. But when you probably think about what old world used to look like before, you know, pre-COVID, it, it probably, I'd imagine you'd rather it be like that than what it is currently. But right. yeah. I think it's certainly awesome to hear that they've, you know, been able to keep you around and create a position and keep you busy, which is awesome. So you kept me off the unemployment line. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which is really good. Yeah, yeah that's great to hear. Yeah, I'd be in the same boat you are. Yeah, yeah. Would be home all the time. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, I, uh, I I think that's great that they've they've kept you around and that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, like I said, it. That's something I've noticed about you, Bill. There, there's a lot of things I've noticed about you, and I think we'll get into some of those things. One of them, too, is just your generosity and the way that you, you care for people and you go above and beyond. We'll get that. We'll get there in a little bit. What I want to start with, though, is uh, I want to hear a little bit more about your upbringing because one of the things you mentioned to me, even right before we started, I had mentioned that you know I, I want the audience to get to know Bill like mm-hmm. I've gotten to know Bill uh, because a lot of them won't won't have met you and. The comment you made is, yeah, and you don't know me that well either. And I think you're absolutely right. And I'd imagine a lot of that has to do with your background, your upbringing. And mm-hmm. so I'd love to hear about your upbringing and just see if you'd kind of walk me through a, a blast from the past from, from Bill's life and upbringing. Um, fortunately, I was, I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, my parents were strong Christians, Presbyterians. Um, they were married in the uh, Clifton Heights Presbyterian Church. Um, the church is no longer exists anymore, but it was located across the street from St. Anthony's Church there on Indiana Road. Uh, I think most people would know yeah. where St. Anthony's yeah. is. Yeah, kind of a landmark spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and uh, I was raised there. My how my mom and dad met were my uh, grandfather owned a grocery store down Southwest Ninth and Bancroft, across from the McCray Park Lagoon. And uh, <clears throat> he would, uh, and my dad went to work for him, uh, helping out with delivering groceries and that type of thing. And uh, so my mom would hang out down there and they actually got together. Uh, that's how they met. Uh, my, I relate to my dad. Uh, one time they went on a date and uh, they were in a car. He was in the front seat with her and he put his arm around her as they're driving down the road. And my mom says, uh, use two hands. He says, I can't. I got I have to have one to use to drive with. <laughs> yep. So anyway, so um, they were married on January 26th of uh, 1951. Hmm. Um, Dad was in, the air, was in the Army. This was during Korea War, Korean War. And he was an ambulance driver and was uh, stationed up in Camp McCoy, Wisconsin. Uh, hey, Marlon Hall Smith. Oh, <laughs> phone's ringing. Hey, now that's a Sorry. first. No, that's good. I love it. <laughs> we we need you know every once in a while you gotta you have to have a curveball thrown at you. You just gotta adjust, right? That's great. That was my girlfriend. Hey, <laughs> I, I told all I texted all my boys that uh, I was. Not gonna, I would call him later. Yep. Uh, do FaceTime with him. Uh, I didn't tell her because of the fact, the reason I took her, her her Valentine's present on Wednesday to surprise her, because I thought it'd be too cold to get out. Oh yeah. And so I'm here with you, and otherwise I would have been with her. Yes, yes. It been, so I threw you off. I threw off your Valentine's plans. <laughs> well, not really. I knew it was gonna be real cold out, but I knew she was gonna probably watch the. Daytona 500. Oh yeah, and uh, so I so I didn't text her. So she, 
I'll call her later. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. That's great. Uh, it's all good. So, uh, you're telling me a little bit about your dad. Okay. My dad was an ambulance driver. Uh, he took a weekend furlough, and um, I was conceived on that furlough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a furlough baby, so um, mom had some complications during the pregnancy, and uh, I was born premature, like hmm. four months, four weeks early. Um, mom almost died of preeclampsia. So, wow. Um, so I was born premature. Uh, I weighed four and a half pounds and wow. weighed, it was 21 inches long. Uh, I tell people now that four and a half pounds is all on my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, with with the uh, being born premature, uh, it has its complications over the years. Mm -hmm. um, when I was five years old, uh, they had me go to an eye doctor the doctor said I needed glasses. Mom and dad couldn't really afford the glasses. And so he used to say I didn't get the glasses. Mm -hmm. And I've had poor eyesight ever since. I'm mm -hmm. legally blind in my right eye. And so uh, I wear bifocals now. But uh, uh, there's been certain things that uh, when you're born premature, um, I've had problems with my uh, dental care. Um, Currently, I'm, my goal last year was to get all my teeth pulled and get dentures. That's my goal again this year. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, I don't have any upper teeth. They're all been uh, broke off or uh, rotted hmm. out. And I have very few, very few teeth in the front. So, so when one of your questions was going to be asked, uh, what, how do you like your steak? I would have gonna say hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to include that one this time. So, that's a good one. Yeah. So, You're so now, ready. now you know the answer. Yeah, that's good. How do you like your steak? Hamburger. That's good. I like that. So, a little softer. Yeah, yeah. Um my goal is to get dentures by the end of the year. So yeah. uh, in time for the my uh class reunion was supposed to be been last year for my fiftieth uh Lincoln High School, but they're having it in October of this year, so my goal is to have my dentures by the time of the uh, 50th anniversary of this year. There so. you go. Yeah, that's a good goal. Something to work towards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So born premature. And uh, as you're growing up, I, I mean, yeah, that's really interesting to think about just some of the complications that come from that and even the, long, the longer term impact, right? Uh, yeah. And, and now, unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm overweight. Uh, I'm obese. Um, that's another goal of mine is to, to get that taken care of and Plus having type two by diabetes, uh, I tell people now, as I get older, I'm a lot like a tree. I've got more rings around me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's not easy to avoid during COVID time either. Right. Yeah. It's been pretty tough. I'm yeah. I'm right there with you, Bill. So yeah. no worries. So and since this COVID, uh, I've also uh, uh, I have tinnitus in my ears. I have ringing in my ears now. So. Um, I, I tell people now, uh, all my symptoms are all in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh, oh man. Mind over matter anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as you, okay, I, I'm just trying to kind of picture, so you, you were in the Des Moines area, obviously. Mm -hmm. So you've been in Des Moines your whole life. Yes. And, um, what do you love about Des Moines? What's been just great about being in the Des Moines area throughout your upbringing and, and even now into to your later years? I... I lived in Basin City for four years. I lived in Ankeny for four years. Um, it's just always been home. Yeah. Um, my kids, I have a son that lives in, used to live in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, that's too big for me. Yeah. Uh, I have a son that lives in Rapid City, South Dakota. He's in the Air Force and uh, he likes it there. And then I just moved my middle son who's a school teacher here in Des Moines, and now he's changed careers and got into computer coding, and he and his girlfriend just moved. I helped them move last uh, July. Yeah, I remember that. They live, in, they live in Las Vegas now, so and their favorite pastime is uh, uh, wall climbing. Oh, yeah. So they like to climb the walls and the canyons up and out in the Nevada so I have some buddies that just spent some time out in the Vegas area doing some hiking and mm -hmm. some just a, a good spot for all that stuff mm -hmm. 
That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they like to like to play a little wager game on any sports at all ever or anything like that? No. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I think they're more into uh, uh, culture. They're, uh, his, his girlfriend was able to transfer her job. She worked from home. Yep. And uh, he has a good paying job in uh, um, building management. Uh, complexes and, yep. and also so he he's just now transferred uh started a job in uh, computer coding so they're planning on staying out there and uh living the, living the good life out there and they don't plan on having any kids yep. so they have cats and that's it so there you go um, no cats in the cradle just cats yeah they <laughs> oh man that's good uh, okay, so I, let me ask you this question because I know that one of the things that we wanted to talk about a little bit was parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think as you bring up the kids, that, that's a good uh, a good transition point. So I've got a few questions specifically about parenting for mm-hmm. you, but first maybe tell us a little bit again. You just kind of shared a little bit about, about your kids, but um, tell me a little bit about the experience parenting and, and maybe what you've learned along the way. Well, I, my parents... Um, they argued a lot, and so I, I, I tried to avoid. Uh, I, I made it a point to myself, not to argue. Yep. And so, um, with my, I've been married twice, and with my first wife, she liked to. Uh, she inherited uh, arguments, like her mother. <laughs> Yeah, and so yeah. uh, I like to avoid it. Um, why say things you don't you regret later on? Hmm. Um, so there was times when uh, I would just leave the room uh, to avoid arguments. Um, when we started having kids, I was traveling, and so I'd only be home on weekends, and so you didn't have a chance to argue with me except on the weekends. Yeah, but. Uh, so I would uh, uh, just they never didn't have the interaction I guess that I should have I suppose. So yeah. Uh, as far as parenting uh, with my kids, uh, I would I didn't like to discipline my kids. Mm. Um, unfortunately, my my mom would always tell my tell me, "Which your dad gets home with a belt if you got disciplined." Yeah. And I usually got whipped. Um, even in a Christian home, mm. uh, I avo- tried to avoid that with my kids. Yep. Um, in fact, there was time. Of course, I was traveling for the first eight years as they were growing up, and so um, there was times when my wife would tell me to I should be the one in there disciplining my kids. So I, sometimes I would tell. I I remember one time I told my youngest son. This is gonna hurt me worse than it's gonna hurt you. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And the spanking when I spanked him, uh, it did hurt. Yeah, my, yeah. my hand worse than it hurt him. Yeah, physically so, and emotionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, those are just a couple things that I try to avoid. For sure. Um, I, I li- a lot of times I I listen to the police radio a lot, and I hear a lot of div- but there's a lot of domestic violence going on mm. these days, and. Uh, a lot of it is people uh, yelling at each other, and that's what I hate. Mm. Um, it's unfortunate. Yeah, but yeah. it's unfortunate. It's, it's the way society is anymore. So, and would you say that was uh, like your? Because I'm, I'm almost catching like a disdain for that. Like you just really did not want any part of that. I tried to avoid it. Yeah. Mm. Would you say that that was? I mean, it seems like maybe primarily rooted in your own upbringing. So you mm. just really wanted your kids to have a different experience maybe right. yeah, yeah yeah that totally makes sense well yeah. i respect that a lot and I, that's hard man I, I mean we don't we don't have kids yet uh but you know at some point we hope to and it's just interesting to even just picture in the future like what what do we want to be like as parents it's almost a weird thing to even contemplate but the reality is a lot of it's formed off of you know your experiences as someone in your upbringing but I, I also raised my kids in a christian home yep uh we went took them to church at Every year and or every 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 week as much as we could. Yeah. And uh, then when they got to grow grow up, uh, I made I made them make their own decisions. For sure. Um, 
I've got a brother and a sister. Uh, my sister was raised in a, my sister and her husband were both raised in the Presbyterian Church. Um, they are now atheists, so they've gone the other direction. Uh, whereas my son, my brother is two years younger than I am. Um, goes, goes to a non-denominational church. They're a little more strict. Yeah. And, uh, I, and where a difference I have is um, I kind of said he has two daughters and uh, it was almost like prearranged marriages. Mm. They had, uh, their husbands had to, he had to approve of the men that they married. So yep. that's where my kids have differences with my brother. For sure. Yep. So um, my sister um, had a do an older son and a daughter. Uh, the daughter um, just passed away last May. Mm. May I remember May. you sharing. Yeah, I remember uh, that. She had brain and spinal cord cancer mm. and uh, battled it for two and a half years. Um, her brother has since transitioned to a transgender female and has changed his name to Marissa. Mm. So. Um, that's another transition that we deal with, but uh, but I, I I expect it. I mean, I, I accept it. So yeah. um, last time I, only time I really have seen her, her was at uh, they uh, dedicated a tree in memory of uh, my niece yeah, that yeah. passed away, and I, I met her. That was the first time actually I met her. So yeah, I totally remember that. So. And they, um, my niece had two boys and uh, also carried a, a baby full term. There was a little girl that she, uh, baby died a, a day later. So, mm, oh, wow. So, and the little boy that was only six months old when she found out she had cancer. Wow. So she only, he only knew her being sick all the time. So, yeah, there's a lot, lot there. Yeah. It's a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. So, let me ask you um, maybe a couple just in general parenting questions because mm -hmm. uh, I know, you know, boys are grown and, and out now, right, and, and kind of uh, creating life of their own and doing their thing. But um, I'd be curious, Bill, as you reflect back, what was your favorite moment as a dad? Watch them accomplish things that they uh, enjoy doing. Uh, I was fortunate all three of my boys uh, were musically inclined. Oh, yeah. They all played uh, instruments in, from elementary school to middle school to high school. Uh, my oldest, my middle son played piano and trumpet, and he was actually a trumpet, trumpet soloist um, his junior year, and uh, was actually the top soloist in the uh, marching band competition at uh, the Glenn Miller uh, band competition down at Clorinda, Iowa. Yeah. And he actually made top soloist. That's awesome. And so I, I was able to take a video of his, his uh, um, when they performed, and I put it on DVD and give it to him uh, recently, a year ago. That's for, cool. For Christmas. Yeah, super so, cool. Good and, memories. And all three boys now, um, I always tell the kids, um, when they ask me about my, uh, uh, musical talent. I said, I play spoons from hand to mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my extent. That's right. That's good. So, uh, their mother played piano, learned to play piano. Um, but, uh, they all enjoy, my youngest son played percussion, middle son played trumpet and piano, and the oldest son played, uh, trombone and tuba. Yeah. So, and, and now they've all three have self-taught them to play the guitar oh cool so they all have guitars they've got to figure it out yeah that's uh, I, I can't do any of that stuff so sounds like I fall in your camp a little bit yeah fortunately they don't tune me out yeah yeah there you go yeah jeez, oh, yeah yeah you wouldn't want that uh, well that's good Bill I, I guess so uh, in addition to favorite moment uh, or moments um, maybe one other question for you I'd be curious, just what's a what's a parent want for their kids 
you know, as you think about your three boys, what's the one thing you just hope for them as they, as they kind of grow old and have their families or whatever, whatever life looks like, what's your one hope and dream for them? Uh, my goal for them is to have a better life. Um, my, I have three granddaughters. My oldest son has two daughters, uh, ages four and seven. And my youngest son has a daughter, age four. She's the youngest. Um, it's all for a better life. Um, when it comes to giving uh, birthday presents and, and for Christmas, um, what I've done is uh, I put money in their college accounts. Yeah. Pay forward. Uh, eventually, they'll their five three nine account. So um, that's my way of paying it forward. They'll appreciate that someday. Totally. I'd let the other grandparents buy the clothes and and toys. I I do occasionally buy books for them, so they can uh, learn to read. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Well, I I think my teacher wife would probably say that's a good purchase. <laughs> that's a good one. So. Well, good stuff, Bill. That's that's really cool. I want to maybe just to kind of close us out. I want to I want to talk about something else. And I said earlier that we talk about this. I think this is uh, a pretty big deal and something we should chat about. But you just mentioned it, paint it forward a little bit. And one of the things I've noticed about you and not just noticed about you, but have experienced because of you is your willingness to give good gifts mm -hmm. and your desire to just put a smile on someone's face that way. Mm -hmm. And so I want you to tell me a little bit about that in a moment, but I want to tell a couple stories of how, what I've experienced from you. Okay. So it wasn't, I mean, this was mid quarantine, right? That you, you dropped this off because um, I remember getting a, a text or a phone call from you and just saying, Hey, I, I need to, I need to stop by and drop something off. And I thought, well, that's great. I mean, I haven't seen Bill in a while. And of course, we're well into COVID at this point, and it feels like it's never going to end. And uh, that was definitely the the point in time where and Kelly and I have, have you know, it's, it, it's been a swing, right? Sometimes, you know, at the very beginning of this, there was a lot unknown, and there was not much leaving the house at all. And it was right around that time. And I remember you reaching out, and you dropped by and you brought a, a game that you had ordered for me, which mm -hmm. was Basically, and I can't remember the name of the game exactly. Maybe you know what it is, but it's it's basically a board game that's board. it's cut. baseball. It's laid out as a, a baseball field. Yeah, and it's a, with it's dice. Yep, and you roll the dice, and every mm -hmm. you know as you as you roll the dice, certain number combinations mean singles, doubles, strikeouts, mm -hmm. ground out, all that stuff, and you keep score. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's got the Cubs logo on it and everything, yep. and. You just brought it by, and I was like, "Why would someone do that for me? I have no idea." But you did it. You were just a—it a, was out of the kindness of your heart. You wanted to do that, so that—that's the one that stands out to me. I mean, that uh, between that and then um, you even sent me a message recently that you ordered me th some this Iowa State book. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, it is it has supposed to come out in March. Yeah, is, mm -hmm. now it's uh, Campbell's on it, right? Yeah, it's it's the last year's season. Supposed to have lots of pictures and uh, uh, tell the story of uh, uh, the most su successful season of the Iowa State football team. Yeah, and, and I can't, I can't wait. And I ordered a copy for my brother and my sister also. That's cool. So and for myself. Yeah, yeah, you got to have one. You got to have yeah. Coach Campbell on there, and yeah, that's awesome. Well, anyways, those are some examples of just I, I don't, you know. When you know someone, but you don't know that you know them super well, but yet they go out of their way to, to give you gifts and just make you feel cared for and known, I, I just thought that was really cool. So I'm curious, um, help me understand why the heck that is. And then tell me, you brought some visual aids today. I Now, I've not yet, th this is episode seven. Right. I've not had anyone bring visual aids yet in the first six episodes. So I'm kind of pumped that you're sitting next to some visual aids and I'm hoping you can tell the audience a little bit about those visual aids too. Well, I'm quite a bit older than the, the previous yeah. interviewees, you know? <laughs> yep. So we need visual aids sometimes, you know? That's right. For, for, as a memory. So, but uh, my way of, you know, when I give things like that out, it's, it's a spontaneous and it's always expecting the unexpected. That's the way I am. Uh, it's like I, I gave for Valentine's Day, I gave my girl, my lady friend, uh, her flowers on Wednesday. And it's also some, a couple bags of sugar. -free. She's also diabetic, and so I give her some sugar free, can a couple bags of sugar free candy. There you go. Um, and she says, uh, 
I wasn't expecting that. And my my house is a mess. I'll meet you outside. So she had the dog, had her little dog with her in her hand. So I give her flowers outside when it says blow zero. Yeah. But anyway, the flowers didn't wilt or anything. No, did they? no, they, okay, they, that's were, good. They, they were covered up. But uh, so she went back in the house. And I went back home. I, I, I when I called her, I told her I I was coming back coming from from work and. I had to take a detour because she lives in Carlisle. So I took a detour to Carlisle and I was only a block away. Oh, yeah. And so I, I know those spontaneous, uh, unexpected things, you know. So um, when she called me later, she says, I sat down and cried. She says, no man's ever given me flowers. Yeah, not even her husband's ever did, done that. Hmm. So that was my... Mission accomplished. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what a guy! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, she she said a girlfriend had called her shortly after that, and she said she was crying. What did he do to you? What you have his address? We can go after him. Yeah. No, no, nothing bad. Nothing, <laughs> nothing bad. bad. Yeah. So, and she 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 was oh you can't believe that she was crying because of that. So that's awesome. So you got some visual aids next to you. Yeah. Uh, you got some good stuff. Tell me about each one of those. And, and those to me seem like more examples of some fun stuff that you've done throughout the years to accomplish or, or give back. But tell me a little bit about them. Well, this is a picture of my boys and my, my their mother. Oh, fun. Look at that. That's awesome. I think that was like an Easter Sunday. That's we're so all, fun. Because we're, we're all dressed up. Yeah. Look at everybody. Look, look at you, Bill. The... My goodness, everybody's dressed to the nines. That's a good-looking crew. The bare face. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, clean shaven and everything. That's great. Well, like I tell with people with the beard now, it's a hair-raising experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's looking good. I like it. Yeah, well, when I grow usually in the spring, I'll shave it off. I say that's my way of spring cleaning. Yeah, that's right. you got to so, start fresh. That's right. Um, one thing I did, my grandmother... My grandparents on my mom's side, uh, back in 1984, uh, she liked to, she, she played piano at church and sang in the choir, and my mom, my mom and my grandparents. And so I, she wanted to do a recording, you know, we called it uh, Music History 101. These were songs that she grew up, she, she was born in 1900. And she was 99 when she died, um, six months before she would have turned 100. Oh, wow. But anyway, she, she wanted to record some songs to uh, have it carried on through history. So I, I did a tape recorder, and she had it all choreographed, all, all scripted out on pieces of paper, uh, notebook paper. And so she would play songs and uh, also uh, the history of the songs. So later on, I, I copied that uh, cassette tape player paper cassettes onto a DVD yeah. and, and give it to the family. Oh, cool. So I've been doing that. Yeah, super cool. That's awesome. So, this is a big one. This is one that I, the goal is, is taking several months, several years to accomplish. Um, I worked for the Blood Center of Iowa for 14 years. Uh, prior to even working for them, I, I donated blood. And just recently, I, uh, late last year, I uh, accomplished the 30 gallons of blood products, so which means about 210 uh, blood products uh, save people's lives and yeah. prolong people's lives. Totally. So That's really neat. That's I, really neat. And I, I've always known that you're really passionate about that. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine that when you walk in there, you're you're kind of like a superhero. Like they, everybody just drops everything and says, Bill's here. <laughs> well, well, it's more of a, it's more of a reminiscing type of thing because there aren't many of them left yeah. that I used to work with. So, um, but it's, they're appreciative of, doing that's my way of giving back totally so yeah that's super cool now you gotta you gotta two more there that are pretty cool what's the what's the paper here this one here is when I worked for the blood center uh, I was a mobile mobile technician 
uh, I would go set up blood drives. And uh, so uh, we would do it in all types of weather. And this was, uh, it's actually happened in 1997, in January of 1997. And uh, I was on a blood drive uh, in Williams, Iowa, which is up by Boondocks, the, oh, yeah. uh, Highway 20. And the weather was getting bad. And the weather was bad in Des Moines. And so they told us, you better stay there. And uh, so we got a motel room, motel rooms uh, for our staff. And uh, we spent the night in Williams. Um, we, but we collected 70 units of blood. Um, the, uh, we didn't want the blood to go to waste. Uh, you had to monitor the blood. So uh, I took it upon myself to uh, stay up. I had to monitor the blood every hour. So I stayed up all night. But every hour I'd go out to the van, it was below zero. Sometimes I had to push the outside door to get out of the motel in order to because it was snowing, snowing and blowing so hard similar to what we're doing here yeah i was gonna week. say that sounds familiar doesn't so, it but anyway uh, uh i was able to save the 70 units of blood that's awesome so and this is the, this is the um spirit gram i received from the laboratory technicians and I'll let you read that. Yeah, that's really cool. Can I read this out sure, loud? Is that sure, all right? Sure. So this was on January 10th of 1997. Okay, now that's interesting. It says Bill and then in parentheses, Red Cross. My next name was Red Cross. I was, I was the Red Cross of the blood center. That's awesome. That's really cool. And it's from the laboratory. Mm -hmm. And the message said, consider this spirit gram to be a one out of 10 scale model of the one you really deserve for staying up all night in all caps. So they obviously noticed that to monitor the temperature of the blood while the mo while the mobile, I guess is how you would say it in that mobile. case, right? Was trapped in Williams last night. Great job. And it's everybody, uh, everybody signed it. That's really cool, Bill. I'd say this is in pretty darn good shape for being from uh, January 10th, 1997. Well, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, it's an accomplishment that I, I cherish yeah it's super cool so i love it and you've i mean that's meaningful stuff and you yeah, kept it mm -hmm. and that's really really cool i love it what's this last one you have here this last one i have a i had a friend um that i went to, i grew up with he was a year younger than i am he graduated in 1971 from lincoln um he was a <clears throat> excuse me he grew up as a his, family was, was a family of bricklayers and uh, then he would actually uh, work for his family business as a bricklayer and the, the business was kind of going downhill so he decided to go to school to become an architect and he went to Iowa State graduated from Iowa State it's a good school here yeah <laughs> and actually um, uh, he Helped raise six kids. Uh, unfortunately, his, his wife and I of him split uh, during that time, and while he was going to school, and uh, eventually um, he remarried and uh, became a resident architect at Iowa State University. Hmm. So, uh, while I was growing up, we, we played softball together, church softball team, and while he was uh, there was a time when he was running to it hit the ball and ran to hit a double and got to second base and couldn't hardly breathe. And uh, he ended up going to the hospital and that's when he was diagnosed with a, a uh, lung uh, disease. Hmm. Uh, I'm not, I can't remember the name of it. I was going to look it up, but I forgot. Um, anyway, he, became, he he went to the University of Minnesota to uh, get on their organ donor registry. And every time that he would uh, be eligible, that was telling me, told him he was too healthy, though somebody else worse off than he was to uh, get a transplant. Um, 
unfortunately, when the time came uh, for him to have a transplant, he was too sick hmm. and actually died before he could have the transplant. Hmm. Um, I was some. I got a vision in my in my sleep on a th Thanksgiving morning or during the night on Thanksgiving Day um, of the year of year 2019, and uh, someone was telling me that I needed to do something. So I went to his, I looked at his memorial uh, bulletin, and there was a picture of him. His, there was a picture on his, on the front of it that his son had sketched from a, a picture of him. And so uh, as a memorial for him, I took that sketch and took it to um, a company out in West Moya Valley of a small called Laser Images. Oh, yeah, place. I know what you're talking about. And so I had that picture uh, made on a proof to have it sketched and make Christmas ornaments. So I purchased 50 Christmas ornaments on uh, Black Friday of 2019. Got a 25% discount. Yeah. And so um, I had 50 of them made and I give 25 of them to a, his aunt who I graduated from high school with. And uh, so she could distrib distribute through his family. Yeah. And then I kept 25 and I um, did distribute with my uh, church friends and also uh, uh, baseball uh, teammates. Yeah. And so uh, I give it out for, so you put up on the Christmas tree to, as a reminder of Tim and so I always thought so much of him. Yeah. Oh, I think that's really cool. It's a really neat, it's a cool ornament. They did a nice job with it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, I would need to order some more of them because I have some more people I want to give them to. Yeah, that's really so. cool. Yeah, so for obviously that we don't have video or anything, but we've got yeah. audio, so I can explain it. It's a it's kind of a crystal looking ornament, mm -hmm. and it's got uh, you know embossed in there, whatever word you would use for that. But uh, it's a, it's almost a sketch of Tim's face, and mm -hmm. then uh, his name and, and the dates of, of birth and death. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty cool, though. What a what a unique, just a cool way to remember somebody right. that meant a lot, right? Yep. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I sure think, Bill, that you've set a pace. So I think that at, at the end of the day, for those of you listening, I think Bill would say that uh, anything like that, where you just are making someone's day or, or investing in them or helping them feel known, seen, cared for, it matters, right? So right. Uh, what would your message be, just given all of those examples, what would your message be to, to folks that are listening now? And why should they care about, you know, going out of their way to make somebody's day? Uh just pay it forward. Um, you never know, and you may need cheered up sometime. Uh, I always like to. Uh, there's a, even a simple thing of uh, I give a box. I order Bob's mints, and those individually wrapped mints, and I'll send them out for the construction workers. And I always tell them, I says. Here, have a mint. I'll put you in mint condition. Yeah. <laughs> Give you some momentum. That's right. Get so, you moving. So that's just a simple thing. It's, it's like a conversation piece. And uh, just the little things. Uh, I, I did that when I was working uh, the desk at, in, Corp, uh, in Corp 1 sometimes when I would work in the afternoons. Uh, here, have a mint. Put you in mint condition. That's right. So... Just pay it forward. Just it's a simple thing, you know. Yeah. It's a little thing. That means people remember those things. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think you're right. People do remember those things. They're impactful. So I I love that message and think it's really cool. And obviously the the Frame Friends podcast is all about people telling their story. And I think a big part of your story, Bill, is just that it seems to me like you are hardwired to do those little things to make sure people remember that they're known and seen. So I I think that's pretty cool. Well, it's like, like I say, you can't, it's hard to tell a book by its cover. And the, and I was kind of afraid, afraid. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so, but this was a very novel idea. 
Yeah, hey, there you go. So, I love it. Yeah. A lot of play on words. Yeah, no, it's good. That's uh, Bill's always good for a pun here and there. I'd say that uh, they, they come out left and right. That's good. Well, I always tell people I, I live in Des Moines. It's the capital of Iowa. It's my form of capital punishment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like Des Moines. I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill, well, this is... This has been a blast. I, I'm so glad that we got a chance to catch up. And you're right. There's a lot that I didn't know about you. So it's fun to, to learn that. And I appreciate you sharing your story, Bill. And uh, yeah, I think that the moral of the story is uh, make sure that, especially in this time, right? I mean, as you're just doing, and I've, you know, we've talked about this uh, in, in interviews before, but just uh, go out of your way to make sure that people feel cared for and mm-hmm. it matters. People remember that. So well, Bill, thanks. I've enjoyed our time. I, I hope you've enjoyed too. You're you're a superstar now. I mean, it's out there. It's going to be on the World Wide Web soon, and people are going to be able to listen in. So well, that's good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. I'd say this might not be your last podcast either. Uh, it's probably version one. Yeah, there you go. I love it. I love so. it. Well, it's been a joy, and I appreciate you coming over and uh, taking some time to do it. And yeah, just to, to maybe give a heads up to the next couple of episodes. So this is episode seven which is kind of wild to think about, Bill. I feel like we just got started, but uh, had a chance to run into my buddy Carl Phillips at the store today. Carl, if you remember from prior episodes, is the really kind human being that got our audio and everything set up for this and ready to rock and roll. And I had mentioned to Carl at one point that, man, I want this to kind of keep growing. And I almost want to create a studio in our basement and build a studio and, and kind of make it a thing. And he's, uh, he's he seems to be all about it. So I, I'm looking forward to maybe doing that soon but in the meantime we're going to keep recording and, and keep doing the uh the old living room version where we sit on the couch and the the office chair and just make it work with what we've got but uh yeah a couple of folks that are lined up coming up here i'm not exactly sure from a scheduling standpoint who's going to be next we need to figure that out but uh looking forward to more interviews and, and having more people share their stories but with that we'll go ahead and wrap up i appreciate everybody tuning in bill thanks for being here i had a great time thank you it was awesome well thanks so much thanks for listening and we'll see you next time